plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. On Dolphins, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, Dolphins, and welcome in to the Tuesday, September the twelfth edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield. And I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. On today's show, reacting to some of the things that happened around the league on Sunday, what it means to the Dolphins, and the main segment of the show, the case against the Dolphins' success in 2017. I've gotten lots of feedback from some of my negative views on this team heading into the season, and I'll explain exactly why in this show. But first, I have to remind you guys to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Tuned In, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Drop me a five-star rating, write me a nice review, helps out the podcast grow, helps me out to more Dolphins fans, helps everybody out in the process. Also, don't forget to check out the Locked On Sports family of podcasts, including the Locked On NFL podcast and the Locked On Heat podcast for national and local coverage of your favorite teams. Lastly, follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL and check out my personal website, thirdand10.com. It's going to have the week one NFL quarterback grades up on Thursday morning. Very, very excited about that. Got a bunch of notes and news and notes and details and all that good stuff that I've jotted down from over the weekend and the film study. All right, guys, first we want to get in here to just a little bit of checking on Hurricane Irma. I know it's been a very impactful thing for, I'd imagine, a good percentage of my audience here. As I sit up here in the Pacific Northwest doing this podcast, you guys down there in South Florida, and all of Florida, I should say, I just hope you guys are safe and that everything's okay. I know it was pretty bad in some areas, maybe a little bit less worse than expected in some, but I know there's plenty of water and wind and damage and everything going on. So just shout out to you guys. Hope you're all safe. Hope you all took the precautions and hope everyone's doing well. And I hope everyone's excited to get back to football and talking about Miami Dolphins games and getting the team back on the field and hoping that all those guys are going to be able to go on Sunday with a you know, modicum of direction and purpose for this game rather than being distracted. Hopefully it's a good escape for, for a, you know, three hours out of the Sunday for you guys, and I hope that everything gets back to normal real soon for you guys. As we press on here, uh, week one is in the books now as the Chargers and Broncos are putting a bow on the first slate of NFL action for 2017. And the story of the weekend was really sloppy play. Penalties, special team gaffes, poor quarterback play. The league has a really, really serious rust problem right now. And in the first week, that was on display and it couldn't be any more obvious. And I think it's a direct impact of the lack of preseason or offseason and preseason practices. You know, the preseason games have really kind of taken a new direction in a new era where 
it used to be, you know, the starters in the first game, at least when I was younger, I recall it was the first game you played a series or two for the very experienced, very well-established veterans. And then for some of the teams like Miami, for instance, over all those years, the first teamers would play the entire first quarter. And then game two, it was most of the first half. And then game three was the first half and then into the third quarter and then probably got them pulled out around the fourth quarter sometime. I remember the year that I was most excited about as a Dolphins fan was 2006 when Dante Culpepper came in and Nick Saban was in year two and everything looked like it was getting turned around. They played the Panthers in game three and they looked like crap for the first two quarters. They came out for the first drive of the third quarter and the Dolphins went right down the field for a touchdown and they pulled them out after that. So that was kind of the old format, but now you have teams, I mean, Drew Brees and Phillip Rivers and, and Ben Roethlisberger, these guys barely even saw the field in the preseason and not until the third game do they see the field. And so what I think the NFL needs to do is sort of revamp the entire format of the July slash August slate of NFL football. And what I mean by that is they're never going to do this because the owners are all about money and and these preseason games do make a lot of money based on, you know, high ticket prices, concessions, all that stuff. But what they ought to do is just scrap all the games. They're fun to watch a little bit, I suppose. It gets people back into the mood of football, but just scrap them. Just scrap those ramp up the practices again to where they're hard and physical and they're they're getting players conditioned. I mean, how many times did I hear this weekend that players were had hands on their hips and they weren't ready for a full game? How is that anywhere near acceptable when you have 16 weeks to get things done, to get yourself in a position to qualify for the playoffs and make a run in the Super Bowl? How can you take any games for granted in that sense to where you're not in shape? That's inexcusable across the league for any team, for any coach, for any player. So they need to have a system where practices are harder, they're doing more scrimmaging, do some live scrimmaging where you can control the practice, control the amount of hitting, control the amount of physical toll on these guys' bodies, and just get rid of these games because all it does is open up players for injuries and it's a bad product. No one wants to see it. It's not preparing these guys in any way for the games. It's a good test for bottom roster guys, but let that happen in practice. Let that stuff all play out in practice. Get rid of these games because they aren't doing any good. So I'm wondering how much this affects the Dolphins in week one and week two, I should say, as the buys week one, because Adam Gaze did run a tougher camp than most teams I heard about this offseason. I think the tackling in the preseason was good evidence of that because the Dolphins had a really rough time tackling last season. This preseason, it was better, and you just kind of hope that that can translate over into the season. And it makes you weary about what's going to happen in week one for the Dolphins because the Chargers, as I said, just finished up right now. Um, we'll, We'll get to that here in a minute. But I... It just makes it, it seems like it's going to be a lot tougher for the Dolphins to get that first win in week two because they're going to have to go through those growing pains of getting themselves back into game shape and getting themselves all the rust knocked off from game one. I mean, week one is so volatile in the NFL because of all these these various factors, but there's just there's no excuse for it. And I, I'm really curious to see if the Dolphins are at a disadvantage next Sunday when they play the San Diego excuse, <laughs> excuse me the Los Angeles Chargers. All right, guys, segment number two coming up here in a second. Just wanted to give you a reminder, you're listening to the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Follow me personally at Wingfield NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins, your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst. 
All right, moving on to segment number two and the more pertinent Dolphins segment here, I suppose, for this episode. And what I wanted to talk about was my case against the Dolphins. And I wrote up something on my phone the other night, just kind of, you know, thinking out loud to myself. And I thought, well, why don't I put this on paper? It could be a good podcast segment. So I did that. I've gotten lots of feedback on my game-by-game predictions podcast from last week, as well as my Twitter comments and just kind of some of the things I've said about how this team is really... I think 8-8 eight and eight is about where I'd expect him to finish. And that's for a various number of reasons. I mean, the quarterback already went down. We know about that, the hurricane. But let's get into exactly why I feel that way. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's the depth across the team. Linebackers. One injury happens, and then what? It's the same deal at either tackle spot on the offensive line or, frankly, anywhere on the offensive line. I mean, in the secondary right now, before TJ McDonald gets back, we are one snap away from Michael Thomas playing safety one snap away from Vincent Taylor who I like as a player but having him be a full-time rotation guy he's the fifth round sixth round rookie that's kind of dicey one snap away from Mike Hole Jesse Davis Sam Young seeing a significant amount of reps which has proven to be a disaster in the past I'm not saying it's gonna happen but it's gonna happen because that's what happens in the NFL that list full of unproven's and frankly proven bad it's a daunting list I mean Jay Cutler only played six games last year The spots we can afford an injury to are wide receiver, tight end, defensive end, and maybe cornerback. That's it. Jay Ajayi and all those weapons, they're going to flat out win you some games. This defense will at times too with the pass rush, the defensive line, some of the skill players in the secondary. But this team lacks the depth to withstand a 16-game season on any platform, much less a season without a bye week, for instance. And then there's the hurricane factor, and it's a crappy thing to have to attach to football since it's far more important than any of these games will ever be. But these guys are human. Being displaced is not easy. Look at the Texans on Sunday. They lacked effort and energy. They were distracted. J.J. Watt, Jadavian Clowney each had just one tackle and no pressures. There's just, it's a cause for concern for this team moving forward. I know that's not the top of the priority list. I can't mention that enough, but it is a distraction. It is something that exists. And it's something that Adam Gaze is going to have to really rally around because this team has been through a lot already. They've already lost their starting quarterback. They're starting left guard. One of their contributors at cornerback, Tony Lippett, their starting middle linebacker. It's just been a, one thing after another. The hurricane comes in. The Week one gets wiped off the slate. They now have no bye weeks through the entire season. They are out in Los Angeles right now using somebody else's facility, prepare, uh, prepping for the game on Sunday. I mean, how can you expect this team to go through a 16-game slate with already questionable depth as it was and expect them to have any semblance of success? We talked about... After the season, the reason we were all excited about the season was because a lot of those guys that were injured last year are coming back. You know, we, we go on from Matt Moore back to Ryan Tannehill. We get rid of Bakari Rambo and Michael Thomas and these guys in the secondary that can't do it. We're bringing back Rashad Jones and TJ McDonald and Nate Allen. And the linebackers are going to revamp with Kiko Alonso and Lawrence Timmons. Well, all these injuries have put us right back into that point where we can't afford to lose any more of these guys. So one of those guys goes down, you're back to seeing these inferior players and I hate to use that term but you're back to seeing inferior players getting significant playing time again and that's just not going to win you football games and we saw that across the NFL on Sunday with a number of teams that struggled in certain areas we saw the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line get destroyed we saw the Seattle Seahawks offensive line the New York Giants offensive line get destroyed if Laramie Tunzel or Jawan James goes out you're in that same exact spot as those other teams because those are that that's the one position of strength in this offensive line the two offensive tackles and behind them, it's just as bad as, as anywhere else in the league. So that's why I have been so adamant about 8-8 eight and eight and the lack of ability to overcome 
the lack of depth on this team. It's it's going to be very tough for this team to withstand any injuries, and injuries are going to happen because that's what happens in the NFL. All right, guys, I hope you're still with me after that barrage of negativity. I promise that's not who I am normally. I just want to be realistic with you guys and provide the most in-depth and fair and honest assessment of this team as I possibly can. Tomorrow, going to be a little bit less authentic because I, I don't necessarily believe in it as much, but there are multiple scenarios that happen every year in football that could possibly happen, and they all play out in different ways. So on tomorrow's episode, the case for the Miami Dolphins. What will make them succeed, get to the playoffs, and beyond, and and how do they accomplish the things they accomplished last year and get further? And then as we move on to next week, guys, the show is going to get back to a a normal format, so to speak, without the bye week. On Monday, we're going to do reaction shows, no film, just going to do five takeaways from the game on Sunday immediately after the game or that night, something thereafter, and then I'll post it on Monday morning. Tuesday is going to be random news and notes, kind of just a filler day, you know, injuries, that type of stuff. And then Tuesday is when the coach's film comes out, so I'll have that available on Tuesday night. And then Wednesday, I will... divulge all the coaches film that I see. I'll go through on Tuesday and and give you a film breakdown of the game. And then as well as the upcoming opponent, which on Thursday, we will talk about the upcoming game on Thursday. So Monday reaction, Tuesday, random news and notes, Wednesday coaches film study, and then Thursday preview of the upcoming game. And that's going to do it for this podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Leave me a five-star rating and review. Check out the other Locked On Sports podcast for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at WingfieldNFL and check out 3rd10.com for the week one quarterback wrap-up for the 2017 NFL season. We're back tomorrow with another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. Fins up. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.